You're listening to the Employment Rights Online podcast, where we discuss everything employment rights and the job. Hi there. We hope your employment rights are getting you enthused to challenge unfair treatment at work. Don't be put off. So as we come to the end of our series on dismissals, we wanted to run through the top 10 things you need to focus on when dealing with dismissals so you have all the information in one podcast. So let's just get straight into it. At number one, every employee needs to understand the basics about dismissals and what this means. Because depending on your status in your job, meaning whether you are an employee or a worker, then your status matters. Only employees, people with full employment rights contracts, will have access to full unfair dismissal rights, including the right to bring an unfair dismissal case to an employment tribunal. At number two, remember that some dismissals can be seen as fair, even if you end up losing your job. A fair dismissal is where both you and your employer agree to end your contract with the company, and this can be done via a voluntary termination of your job, voluntary retirement from your job, you deciding to leave your job by mutual agreement with your employer or you being dismissed from your job for a potentially fair reason like concerns about your performance or your behaviour at work. And also you can be dismissed for some other substantial reason with that reason usually having nothing to do with your employer like, for example, an employee going to prison and therefore not being available for work. At number three, we need to know the three-step procedure. This procedure is at the heart of all fair and unfair dismissal processes and it's a procedure all employment tribunals place weight on when deciding the outcome of cases. The procedure goes by the name of the ACAS Code of Practice on Disciplinary and Grievance, more commonly called the three-step procedure. And this procedure sets out the bare minimum number of steps your employer is expected to take when dismissing employees to be sure that the dismissal is fair. Those steps are, number one, that your employer must write or tell you about the allegations you are facing. ACAS says this is important if you are facing allegations which could lead to your dismissal because you need to know about the allegations so you can prepare a defence against those allegations. Step two is that your employer must hold a meeting with you at which you are given the opportunity to tell your side of the story, meaning to state your defence against the allegations. ACAS says this is important because if an employer is going to make a decision to dismiss you, 
That decision should at least be made when the employer has all the facts and information about the complaints made against you and also the employer has your evidence to put into the mix so that everything possible is known before a decision is made. And the third step is that once your employer has made the decision to dismiss you and you have been dismissed, you should at least be given a right to appeal against that decision to dismiss you. At number four, remember that even if something has gone wrong for you at work and you are dismissed, your employer still has to show fairness in the way you have been dismissed or you could claim wrongful dismissal. This is where we get into the area of whether your employer has followed the right procedure in dismissing you. And that procedure is the three-step procedure we just looked at at number three. In addition to the three-step procedure, your employer also has to answer the question of whether the company has conducted a reasonable investigation that provides the employer with evidence to mount a reasonable belief that you have committed the misconduct for which you were dismissed. And finally, there is the question of whether your employer was reasonable in choosing dismissal as the only suitable sanction for your alleged misconduct. These three areas are the three areas that an employment tribunal may want to look at depending on your complaint. So it's important to know about all three areas so you can put together the best possible case. Also, it's important to note that if your employer alleges or a tribunal finds that you contributed to your own unfair dismissal, a tribunal can deduct up to 100% of any compensation you are awarded and that would be a sanction against your contribution to your dismissal and that is called contributory fault. At number five, if you are dismissed for asking for a statutory meaning legal employment right, such as asking for a payslip or asking for your statutory allocation of annual leave or asking to be paid the statutory level of national minimum wage. If you are dismissed for asserting one of the nine legal employment rights that you have as an employee, then your dismissal will be automatically unfair and you will not need to have worked for your employer for two years. If you are dismissed for asserting a statutory right, you will be able to bring an employment tribunal case for unfair dismissal, even if you have been in your job for just one day. At number six, if you are forced to leave your job because of the working environment you are expected to work in, this could be seen as constructive dismissal, which would be an unfair dismissal. And a constructive dismissal is where the circumstances that you are expected to work in are so bad that they become intolerable. And the only decision you feel you have is to walk away from the job. And that kind of dismissal is called a constructive unfair dismissal or it goes by the shorter name of constructive dismissal. 
At number seven, if you delay in leaving your job when you believe your employer is behaving badly towards you or expects you to work in intolerable conditions, you could lose the opportunity to claim constructive dismissal because your employer will argue that the circumstances were not the last straw circumstances that you are complaining about because if they were, you would have left. And your employer could also state that the circumstances were not as serious as you stated because of the delay in you leaving or resigning. So here, if your working situation is intolerable and you feel that leaving is the only option you have, then don't wait to leave. At number eight, if your employer is making people redundant, there is a redundancy procedure that must be followed to make your redundancy fair. If your employer follows a transparent redundancy process, you may still end up losing your job, but at least you would know why this has happened. But it simply cannot be the case that you turn up at work only to be told that you are being made redundant and that you must leave your job immediately or within a short amount of time without there being any consultation or opportunity for you to ask questions about the redundancy or to explore whether there are any additional roles for you within the business. If you don't get the opportunity to engage in a redundancy process, but you are made redundant without the consultation, then your dismissal may be unfair. At number nine, if you've been dismissed from your job, it's important to check all documents and contracts to be sure you have been paid everything you are entitled to. Also, check any deductions from your final salary to be sure your employer has not taken any unlawful deductions from you. Remember, your employer is only authorised to take statutory deductions from your pay, like tax and national insurance contributions, and also deductions you have expressly agreed to, expressed agreement meaning that you have agreed to the deduction in writing and those kinds of deductions will be things like trade union payments or attachment of earnings payments or agreed payments for things like car loans or travel warrants or any other payments agreed between you and your employer. If you see a deduction that you don't recognise, challenge that deduction. And if you are not happy with the explanation, consider whether your employer has made an unlawful deduction to your pay and whether you need to lodge a complaint or a tribunal claim to get that money back. And finally, at number 10, all cases of unfair dismissal can be lodged at an employment tribunal. If you are claiming dismissal for a statutory reason, you only need to have worked for your employer for one day to have the right to file an unfair dismissal claim. To lodge any other type of unfair dismissal claim, you must have worked for your employer for two continuous years to qualify for the right to lodge your unfair dismissal claim. And there is no leeway on this. Tribunals strike out 
thousands of cases every year for people who don't have two years qualifying service with their employer. And those cases are cases with merit where you can clearly see that the employee has been treated badly. But without that two years qualifying service, then a tribunal has no jurisdiction to hear your claim. And you can absolutely guarantee that your ex-employer will come to the tribunal and will make the case to prevent the details of your case from being heard by the tribunal. So once you have the two years qualifying service, you must lodge your tribunal claim within three months minus one day of your dismissal date. Miss the date and both your employer and the tribunal will argue again that the tribunal doesn't have jurisdiction to hear your case and your case will be struck out regardless of whether you have a strong case or not. And that brings us to the end of our series on dismissals and it's been a long one. And if you want to have a visual aid for dismissals, then you can actually get a free ebook that contains all of the information on dismissals that you've heard in the last 10 to 15 podcast episodes. So everything that we have done on dismissals, we've prepared into a handbook for you. And one of the real benefits of having this kind of information in an ebook is that it acts as a quick reference tool for you should you be facing any of these issues that we've been talking about in relation to dismissals. If you have an ebook, you can quickly access the document on your mobile phone or your tablet or your desktop with easy access to the information you need, which then helps you to decide next steps. So if you're interested in that, then all you need to do is to join the private Employment Rights Online Facebook group. And you'll also find a link to the group at the bottom of the show notes where you're listening to this episode. Pretty good, right? The final thing we want to say is by way of a reminder that you can find all our support links at the bottom of the show notes where you're listening to this week's episode. And remember, you can help us by sharing our podcast information with your friends and colleagues. Until next week, have a really safe Employment Rights Week. Bye for now.